0: Awesome. Do you guys want to come over here? Super. Super. So I'm going to read something from a book called the Gospel of Mark. And these are the words of Jesus, okay? The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples headed out for the villages around Caesarea Philippi. As they walked, he asked, "'Who do the people say I am?' "'Some say John the Baptizer,' they said. "'Others say Elijah. "'Still others say one of the prophets.' "'He then asked, "'And you, what are you saying about me? "'Who am I?' "'Peter gave the answer, "'You are the Christ, the Messiah.' Jesus warned them to keep it quiet, not to breathe a word of it to anyone. He then began explaining things to them. It's necessary that the Son of Man proceed to an ordeal of suffering, be tried and found guilty by the elders, high priests and religion scholars, be killed and after three days rise up alive. He said this simply and clearly so they couldn't miss it. But Peter grabbed him in protest, turning and seeing his disciples wavering, wondering what to believe, Jesus confronted Peter. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? If any of you are embarrassed over me and the way I'm leading you when you get around your fickle and unfocused friends... Know that you'll be an even greater embarrassment to the Son of Man when he arrives in all the splendor of God, his Father, with an army of the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord All right, so I have something for you all. So I want to talk just for a second, not about the thing that we just read. But the thing that Matt read about uh, from the psalm, and the psalmist is the person that wrote it, says something really important in a prayer to God. What the psalm says, the psalmist says, is, "Let everything that I say, and everything that I think about and hold in my heart, bless you, God." The prayer is that the words that we speak are kind words, that we, the things that we say are things that, that help build people up instead of tearing them down. Have you ever had someone say something to you when it, that's mean? Yeah. And how does that feel when someone says something mean? Not very, nice. Not very nice. It kind of hurts, huh? And then how does it feel when someone says something nice to you? feels nice. It feels good, right? It makes you feel better about yourself. Well, that's what the psalmist is saying. And he's asking God to help him and to help us, by the way, to, to speak words that are going to build people up and to think things and feel things that are positive, that aren't going to hurt people and aren't going to hurt us. And, and we can ask for God's help. We can say, God, I know I can't do this by myself because lots of times when I get in a grumpy mood or when I'm really hungry or when things aren't going my way and I don't get my way, I think bad things. And sometimes I even say bad things, right? Things that hurt other people. So we can ask God to help us to say things that are helpful. And, and the psalmist also says that the things that are inside his heart, he wants them to please God. He wants God to be happy with what's going on inside of him. And I have this habit. And my, one of my habits, I have lots of habits, but one of my favorite habits is going for walks on the beach. And I look for two things. And a few months ago, you got to take one of the things, I brought them in, I look for beach glass. Do you remember those polished pieces of beach glass that you got to choose from? Some of you were here. The other thing I looked for is heart shaped rocks. And you know why I look for heart shaped rocks? Why do you think? Any idea? Kind of weird, huh? The reason I look for heart shaped rocks is because they're a reminder to me that my heart is important to God. And that God's heart lives inside of me. That God loves me. So what I want you to do without looking inside, reach in and grab a heart-shaped rock. And that's going to be your rock to keep. Just one. Only take one. Awesome. Reach in. Grab one. And they're all different sizes and colors and shapes. I mean, they're all roughly heart shapes, but... Okay, you want to reach in there and grab one? Good job not looking. I'll hold it up higher because you can see. Do you guys want to reach in and grab one? Don't look. Just put your hand in. Put your hand in. Put your hand in and grab one. Just one. There you go. Perfect. You got a lamb. How'd that get in there? Here, take that one. This is not a heart-shaped rock. That's interesting. You can have the lamb too, but you want to grab that heart-shaped rock? There you go. All right, are you ready to go out to class? OK, see ya. Bye. <laughs> you keep that for me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. C.S. Lewis said, I take Psalm 19 to be the greatest, the greatest poem of the Psalter. And one of the greatest lyrics in the world. Pretty amazing that he would say that. This incredible writer and theologian. There are some incredible Psalms in the Psalter. The 23rd Psalm, Much Beloved, one of my favorites, Psalm 139. There's Psalm 52. There's a ton of really great poetry in the book of Psalms. But C.S. Lewis selected this psalm that we read today and said this is the greatest, in his opinion, psalm in the Psalter and one of the most beautiful hymns ever written. It's important when we read the psalms to remember that they were used in the worship of the Israelites, of the Jewish church. And they were often... Most of them, if not all, were set to music. And in Hebrew, many, if not all of them, are rhyming. They're poetic. We don't hear the rhymes so often because they're translated into English. And as you know, when a language is translated into another language, the rhymes don't always translate. But the poetry still remains. And so what I wanted to do very briefly with y'all... Because I'm going to teach you a song that we're going to sing later. And hopefully, I'm fighting a cold, so hopefully my voice will hold up. And vocalists, you can help me if it doesn't to sing this. But um, I want to teach you a song that that is a setting for Psalm 19 at the end of what I have to say. But just think with me for a minute about what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 19. There's really two parts to it. The first thing that happens is the psalmist is praising God. The psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his skill. Everything that's created, everything in the world, from sunrises to sunsets, to the stars above us, to the ground below us, to each of us who are created in God's image, reflect God's glory. Reflect God's creativity. Reflect the beauty of who God is. And we don't need words, the psalm tells us, to figure out that someone, something bigger than us, has created all that we see. Some people call it intelligent design. (laughs) however you want to think of it, there is an order and a beauty to this created world. And in fact, many scientists, many surgeons who began in science not believing in God, not believing in in the creative power of God, as they studied and as they operated, and dealt with creation in their area, fields of study, in the areas that they were working in, many have come to the conclusion that this is no accident. <laughs> this creation, this this beauty that we behold in the human body, that we see all around us, this isn't an accident. This is intelligent design. This is not a a big bang kind of situation this this took some forethought this took creativity this took a very skilled hand to make all that we are and all that we see around us the heavens declare the glory of god there's this roar of praise in this psalm this this excitement about Everything from the heavens to the sunrises to the sunsets. And any of us who have spent any time in nature understand that awe that we can experience standing on the rim of the Grand Canyon at sunrise, seeing over the last couple weeks like we've seen the gigantic surf and just the power of that and the beauty of it. And also the last couple weeks, the incredible sunrises and sunsets we've had. There's just a beauty to God's creation that points to God and points to our desire to praise the one who made all that we see and all that we are. And then, the second part of the psalm, there's there's a shift, and it starts getting real personal. The psalmist starts talking about keeping God's law and and what it means to honor God and to glorify God and how we fall short in in the ways in which we attempt to honor and glorify God and also in ways in which we ignore God and and choose not to honor and glorify God and and it moves from this this roar of praise to this quiet stillness of a person crying out to God and saying, I don't measure up, I know it, but would you, God, make the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, would you make them pleasing to your ear? I know I'm not able to speak the words, to say the things, to, to have the heart, the converted, redeemed heart that would be pleasing to you. But I know you, the powerful God that made all of this and made me and made Sean, made Sue, made Matt, made Patrick, that made all that we see, that you, God, have the power to somehow make my words and my heart be pleasing to your, in your sight. And so that, that's the psalmist's prayer, that, that somehow in this mystery of who God is, in the redemptive nature of who God is, that he would somehow fix us in recognition that we can't fix ourselves. And it takes a a, a humility to recognize that We can't be the person we want to be without help. (laughs) As hard as we try, we fail. (laughs) And we can beat ourselves up over that. In fact, I'm pretty good at beating myself up over my personal failures. The tongue lashings I've received and the tongue lashings I've given... The ways when my, when my motivations have been corrupted, where outwardly I might look like I'm doing a really good thing, but inwardly I'm going, man, I really hate this. I don't want to do this. You know. So that prayer of the psalmist is a cry, a petition, a longing that God will will convert him, will convert me, will convert you, will redeem me, will redeem him, will redeem you, so that somehow, the things that I speak, and the attitudes of my heart, will actually please God. It's a miracle. And, The thing that I find so beautiful about it is it's God's heart for us. That when we fall short, which in my case happens every day, he still loves me, (laughs) and he still says, Atta girl, keep it up. And somehow, even in spite of my failures, even in spite of the chaff of my life, God redeems it. And it's pleasing in his sight. <laughs> what would our lives look like? If we made that prayer, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What would our daily lives look like if we made that our daily prayer if when we start to lose our temper we pray that if when we're feeling discouraged we pray that if when we're feeling really good about ourselves we pray that what would our daily life look like if we made though that one verse our mantra. So I'm going to challenge you this week, as a community, I'm challenging all three services, to make that your daily prayer. And to see, to pay attention to, the ways in which you receive God's blessing. And you notice God's blessing. So that's my challenge. And so now I'm going to teach you a song that might help cement the challenge. And it's in your bulletin. It's the offertory song. My tra- strap's all twisted here. And, um, and so I'm going to play it through. And the, the first part, may the words of my mouth... We'll sing that twice. If you already know it, please sing with me. But if you don't, just listen. It's fairly simple, and you'll get the hang of... don't usually play with all this garb on. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, Amy. Take that stuff off. <laughs> May the words of
1: my mouth and the meditations of my Pleasing to you. Sing that with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, my God. Second part goes like this. You See yeah. The meditations of my.
0: Amen. Stand with me. And we'll proclaim the words of our faith as we affirm it in your bulletin. You, O God.